Hello, MTR Network. Uh, this is Rosa Shive with Joseph and Parrish, and we're here to wrap things up, to say farewell to season two of Star Trek Picard. Um, we, we're going to have some mini thoughts, some mini thoughts about this, but the biggest thought I have is, uh, let me get my little Q figurine right here. RIP to the to a real one, Q, who I guess died in this episode. I mean, are we are we confirming that he indeed that's what happened? He died because I'm still a little confused. But if that is the case, just pour one out for the man because he was a mischievous asshole. This guy was <laughs> okay. You gotta he love was. him. But you gotta love him, okay? He somehow in his in the only way assholes think they can, by being just slightly abusive to you, he he loved you, okay? He loved you, and you were his favorite. Oh yeah, so I, I will completely I will completely admit to I love him because I don't have to put up with his shit. Pretty much, but <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm gonna miss the dude. Do not get me wrong. I felt that was a very poignant moment. And I think it's because of the tremendous power of those two actors of John DeLance and uh, Sir Patrick Stewart. But if, but having sat with the episode for a little bit now, God damn, is he a fucking asshole? He <laughs> has been an asshole since his inception. You know, he's had his moments of, I'm going to be nice, like tapestry. And like, I'm going to be nice, but I'm going to be nice in my own special way, which is I'm going to be a dick. Well, I mean, I mean, he was a dick to his kid. He was a dick to his friend. And he's, and we still, we, st- you know what? They can leave the mystery of Guinan and, and, and Q's beef. I don't want to know it. It's nice that they just have beef, okay? And and clearly, Guinan has some powers to where she can go kind of one-on-one with a Q. But he's, he created an entire murderverse, not just like a section of the of Earth or the world, if you will. To teach Picard how to love himself. To teach Picard how to love himself, he created a murderverse and then had the audacity to tell Picard that he is the one responsible for this murderverse. Why won't you love me, man? Because you're an asshole. <laughs> See, this is why I refuse to go any deeper into this. <laughs> I just want to enjoy the I just want to enjoy the feels. Because if I think about it any further, this is the result. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Okay, so Season two of Picard, it's been like, season, turns out to be like season one of Picard, which was a mixed bag of, uh, um, <laughs> like I said in the last recording, which no one heard evidently, um, it ramped up the first half of the season and then hit the brakes and decided the last two episodes were going to go balls out. And their, their, their method of balls out was we're going to shoot up the chateau and then we're going to save the day in the next episode for 20 minutes. And then the rest of it is, uh, <laughs> figure it out. I mean, and it was a wonderful ride. Like I enjoyed it for what it was. 
the writers need pacing lessons. They do need pacing lessons, but I feel, while I understand people's critiques of Picard, I feel like this whole season was kind of a weird destruction, deconstruction of, of Star Trek as a series, like a universe, if you will. Well, the first season was a kind of a destruct of the deconstruction of Star Trek of the version of John Luke Picard that we've seen. And it was a continuation of that theme in this season where we finally kind of get the root cause of his pain and his loneliness, if you will. Not his hubris or his arrogance. Maybe they'll do that for season three, but his pain. And I feel like with this one, what they did was like, oh, we do time travel here in Star Trek. We're going to use that, but it doesn't matter. It's just something where we're going to use is a tool. Uh, we're going to have aliens and gods and clones and sciencey stuff, but none of that stuff matters. None of the stakes matter. None of that matters. What matters is the inner journey of Picard, Rios. Um, well, not Rios so much. It wasn't that developed this season. Uh, mostly Picard, Seven, and Rafi, or like, and then Girardi. Those and Girardi. Those four main characters' inner journeys. So they, I yeah. think they did, they tackled the hubris of Picard in season one. Mm-hmm. Um, this time they handled the trauma. Mm-hmm. The last one, this this season coming up, who knows? He's got to die, right? This, this, the, the season three has to be the end of Jean-Luc Picard. Right? I think they're going to finally kill him, yes. Kill him for real and not stick him in an android and send him gallivanting across the galaxy. I think it's, it's a real, real death. We're going to see the body. And I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying that as, as a Picard hater, because, you know, I love Star Trek. I love the franchise. The show is fine. The show is weirdly paced. And I understand those criticisms of it. There are criticisms I'm not a fan of because they're just stupid. But the pacing issues, yeah, I will, I will ride with that. Because it just seemed like, okay, so there were characters that did nothing. Crystal Ball Rios' um, entire existence was just there to ship him off with Teresa, which is fine because she's fine. I get it. But he served no real purpose. Like, what did he actually do? Except, except, except to render some social commentary on uh, on immigration. Yeah, which you know, fine is needed, but mm-hmm. you know, it's he is it served no outside of that served no tangible purpose. He he was the brown person that got kidnapped by ICE. The end. Um, the the main person who had the the biggest leap was, of course. Girardi, because we finally got to the root of who she was as a person and who she became as the board queen. But even that is going to need to be there's going to be need to be a lot of follow up on that. And that's good. That that's a that's a loose end that you want to leave behind because you you still want to make more Star Treks. That's fine. Yeah. It is a loose end. It's not the loose end that the haters of the Star Trek universe have or, well, how could she exist when there's the Borg and the Delta Quadrant? Because there's two different types of Borgs, okay? 
She was in another part of the universe doing her own thing where her collective was a, a different collective, is a, a volunteer. She was asking for sacrifices. She's asking for people who want to be with her and not be lonely and connect. And as you can see, apparently there's maybe just one Borg ship, however their ship is, if you will. And versus um, what the other Borg queen did, which had like a massive extreme version of colonization occurring um, in the Delta Quadrant. And I liked how her character arc ended. I didn't personally like the look towards the end. That's just my little sci-fi nitpick. It, it, it seemed like they CGI'd her face mm-hmm. onto the actress that was actually standing there. And there might be some practical reasons for that. Um, I know, I don't know if you guys watched like the behind the scenes stuff from like the ready room or any of that. I do know that. I generally don't watch those. Okay. Uh, I know um, for the actress that played the normal board Queens, um, Susan, what's the name? What's not. Um, they, she didn't actually have the contact lenses that normally the board queen has because of COVID. Uh, they actually had to CGI her eyes in. So she didn't have that practical effect. And she talked about it as far as far as her acting went, because normally there would be some kind of like um, that practical effect and she didn't have it. She just had her normal eyes. And so she had to do a bit of acting, if you will, and they would CGI in. So maybe that that was the reason why um, Allison Pill looked the way she did, because they couldn't do necessarily all of the... Um, makeup and effects for her particular character for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was still, she still had a very commanding presence. She still felt very Borg queen, but different. Um, but I just, I felt like there was, because Q, the, you pretty much all this is tenants on the part that Q is such an asshole that we got here if you will i feel like there could have been another way they could have got there but q and i feel that's just a weird weird hang if you will weird way they did it because yes picard apparently has a significant trauma with his mother dying and because of his mother's death he's never allowed anybody in um and q wanted to teach picard the lesson that he is capable of love that he's capable of being loved and he should love somebody so he doesn't die alone like cute is about to, which we never got the full revelation of why Q was dying alone. Um, we know he has some kind of paramour and a kid. What had happened with him, but something happened and he's dying. No, we know why he dying alone because he's a dick. <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot of assholes in the world that don't necessarily die alone. They should. Uh, they probably should. You're right. And maybe Q is getting his conepsis for being the fucking asshole that he is. Because what he did was in a very asshole move. It really was. Um, messing with the timeline in many different ways. Um, and I'm not even sure if the divergence, if you will, was Renee Picard, even though they made it seem like it was Renee Picard, because that Adam song storyline was so tagged on mm-hmm. and yeah. they left it with the hang the hanging fruit of the paper okay so with adam song to wrap up his story 
he escaped the Chateau, Chateau Picard um, during this episode where they were trying to trying to kill everybody. Um, they succeeded in taking over back over the, the Borg ship. Um, Seven, unfortunately, gets assimilated again. We'll, we'll talk about it. But he, basically, he gets defeated. He goes back to the, the States and he's going to try to... Um, and Renee, if you will, by poisoning her, um, which came with the whole prophecy that I guess, if you will, or the insight that Gerardi Borg Queen gave was there needs to be two Renees, one dies, one lives. Well, the one who dies ends up being a holographic version of Renee that's Tanya, and the real Renee goes up into space. But Son, having not succeeded in destroying the Europa missile uh, spaceship, if you will, and actually killing Renee, he gets all his information deleted by his clone daughter, Cora. And with all his life's work, I guess, I guess he had no backups, if you will. He has his piece of paper that says con on it, con project. It was a folder. It was a folder, yes. And dated, established in 1996. And it's like, yes, cool, nice Easter egg there, but what does that mean? Okay, so yeah, rem- you know, I-, I think it was you that said that they had a project to do a eugenics war show. Yeah, there's always been this hint that they were going to do a con eugenics war thing. Yes, that would have been the that would have been the backdoor pilot, if you will. It, yeah, but the problem is, is one, I I kind of don't want it now. Nobody wants it, or yeah. well, I won't say nobody wants it. There's probably somebody out there that wants it. I don't want it. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement here. Yeah, uh, the eugenics war show is the last thing that we need. Yeah. We need that even less than we need Section Thirty One. I uh, I want to see Section Thirty One. I, I maintain I, I want to see Section Thirty One. I just don't want it to overshadow. Like I think Strange New World is when we get to it. I think Strange New Worlds is the remedy for a Section Thirty One show. I think we can have both. I just we can't. I don't. I don't care about the eugenics war outside of the context for Khan. Yeah. And I, and do we really need a eugenics war right now? No. (laughs) Like right now. Do you really need a show about race science in, in basically a race war right now? It's not just even just a a race war. I mean, (sighs) If they're going to do a show that's in essence about World War III, right? Because that's because they're kind of slightly retconning it mm-hmm. from Strange New Worlds, where, yes, there might have been a con project. There might have been some kind of eugenics thing going on in the 90s, but it also happened again <laughs> in the, uh, the lead up to what they just basically call World War III, that dark period of time. If they're going to do that, I need it to be people that have a fundamental understanding of the breakdowns and issues of society. And I don't think it's these current writers. Just by the way they treated the Chris Rio storyline with ISIS, it was very surface level, if you will. Mm-hmm. A lot of that stuff with Star Trek, when it comes to addressing the the fundamental breakdown of society on Earth, 
where basically we get from Strange New Worlds, and we will talk about in Strange New Worlds, where 30%, we finally get a number, 30% of the human population dies. Um, yeah, I need, I need people who have a fundamental understanding. I really do. And I don't think we will get that. I, I, I think that it's just too big a story to... It is a very big to story. take on for the returns that you get. Yes. Like Star Trek doesn't benefit at all from doing this story. No, it doesn't. You can do a one-off story with their Star Trek anthology. You just no, you just keep alluding to it in the, the current stories that we're doing. True. It, there's there's no return on doing a story about World War Three of the Eugenics War. All it mm-hmm. does is just just makes you feel bad and that's not why i watched why i watched star Star trek yeah it does make you feel bad also they fundamentally within the universe itself don't make any kind of cultural references enough for world war three like they always refer to world war two like oh i'm looking over d-day a vulcan instead of wouldn't you say something from world war (laughs) three wouldn't you say something that's more current well the problem is yeah um World War Three is technically supposed to happen in 2026 in universe. Mm-hmm. And I think what they're doing now is the whole sliding timeline thing, which is why mm-hmm. the Genix War did not take place in 96 like it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it did. I don't know. They haven't made up their mind yet. But yeah, it's difficult. It's becoming increasingly difficult to do that show or do something mm-hmm. like that when the time is upon us. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Quantum Leap, where it happened. It, it took place in 1999. We're all supposed to be looking like weird Devo dressed the uh, entities with flashing ties and stuff. But you know, it's it track just needs to accept that it 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 does not exist in the same universe as us. Yeah, it just it just does. And I thought they had at one point, but I guess not. <laughs> I guess not. Um so they had that and it was like ugh, okay, kind of cool, but it almost feels like you didn't actually need Adam Song at all in this entire season. Brent turned on the paycheck. <sighs> Yeah. Which is fine because the universe has never had a series where it couldn't stick Brent Spiner in. Um, the, um, I would not be surprised if he shows up in Strange New Worlds somewhere. <laughs> I mean, just he just keeps going. He's like the Energizer Bunny of geneticists. I guess. I guess. As long as he's not in the makeup, he wants, he wants to be on Star Trek. Fine. You know, I get it. I get it. But yeah. (laughs) But as far as the overall story arc, they could have yanked that out and you still have had there could have been just Q being the threat to Renee. Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't have needed him and it still would have worked. And except for you can't you can't trick Q in the way that you would trick Sue. I guess you could have just came up with something different. A different solution, if you will. 
but you could have maybe because his powers were waning. Maybe you could have tricked Q. Um, I don't. I, even with his powers waning, the old switcheroo. I don't think. Well, I, like let's, he's let's like, he's narcissistic, but he's not. But he's not stupid. Yes, like, but who impresses me as somebody who is a really smart, stupid person? He's a smart. Yes. He's a smart dummy. But we do have. I don't know. Is is Wesley Crusher a Dex a, a ex machina kind of a thing? Yeah, the traveler. Yes, I mean the traveler was an ex machina in TNG. Why not? Okay, just, so just... he pops up and he offers an invitation to Cora, the clone that's out there just walking about in the world, having been gifted for some reason by Q, the ability to be out in the sun, to be free, if you will, which was weird because he was using her as a a way to get to motivate Adam's song, but he just let he gave the cure to to Cora so she can be free. Uh, I don't know. So she's out there. She basically gave her the big f you to her father. Uh, she gets this little message on her computer, and she ends up walking up with Wesley Crusher, who's the traveler, and he basically says, "Hey, um, I'm responsible with some other people of uh, time and space. We protect people. We protect time." if you will. We're time cops, basically. And would you like to join our program? And she says, yes. Um, at first, she says, are you Q? And he goes, no, we're completely different people, which is fine. This is where I think maybe it's possible to to trick a Q, if you will, because there is there are other powerful beings like the Travelers that might be equal or even greater power than Q. But the point is, I just feel like the Adam Song storyline was unnecessary other than just having Brent Spiner and Issa Bonet in the show somehow. And I feel that's, it just, oh. it feels weird and a letdown and just unnecessary, if you will, and just bad writing, if you will. Oh, I'm the bad not, writing I'm, part of Picard. I'm not disagreeing with you at all. Yeah. I'm just, for the way that they wrote the script, it was mm-hmm. just, what are you going to do? True. Now, I did like the fact that Wesley Crusher did pop up and he kind of explained the whole concept of travelers and supervisors, like that tidbit of like how they're there, why they're there and their purpose. That makes sense to me. Uh, Maybe if they kind of seeded that more, if you will, throughout the season where they're where you have Tanya maybe answering to somebody in some way, kind of like Gary Seven kind of answered to the cat, if you will. Then um, I would have accepted it more, but it was just nice. It was nice to see Will Wheaton in Star Trek again, um, a closure to his character, if you will, and I guess a closure of the plot hole of plot hole, a lot, a lot, plot hole of Korra just walking around the Earth, if you will, as a clone. But that was just like the one part of the episode, if you will, or just the entire season. I just. I was not feeling at all. I mean, we the last episode we did, we were all mm-hmm. sitting around wondering, okay, how are they going to wrap this up mm-hmm. in one episode? And at that point, we should have all known. And I kind of figured it was just going to be, it was going to be, the, the ending was going to be vibes. And, and so I, I'm fine with it. It was fine. I was, I feel the same way about this that I did about Lost. Like people, and I, granted, I had the benefit of watching Lost after it finished, 
So I just binged the whole thing. But people were so pissed off about the end of, of Lost. I was like, it's vibes. I knew they couldn't land a plane. So I'm fine with vibes. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, this, this, and I hate to admit it, but this season was a mess. <laughs> um, yet another mess. And I can't blame Michael Chabon this time, or Chabon, however you pronounce his name. is Chabon. Whatever. Chabon. Uh, <laughs> Terry, Terry Metalis, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, he's the, uh, he's the runner of this of one. This- this one and the next one, and so is Aviv. How do you say his name? Kurtzman was also oh, Alex Kurtzman. Yeah, uh, you know, people don't like Kurtzman. I'm fine with him. I am too. Um, I think some of these people just need to quit. But some, the only saving grace I am willing to give Picard is that. It is. They had to have created something marvelous for Patrick Stewart to say, OK, I'm going to do this. So mm-hmm. maybe he sees something that we don't. So I'm just going to say, fine. It happened. It existed. It was a moment in time. It was a Star Trek show that didn't feel really Star trek but it did what it was supposed to do. And when it ends, I will say thank you. Godspeed. Next. And move on. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's it goes kind of back to my point of like I don't feel like they did necessarily a Star Trek show. I think they did what the inner light was, where it was just an inner journey the entire time, and we just had all these things as like dressing, if you will. Um, time travel, that's how we got here. But the whole point was this this inner journey stuff. Uh, for Picard, it was dealing with the trauma with his mother. For Seven, it was dealing, finally fully accepting um, her being both Borg and human. Which, um, not for nothing, like, they could have they given us a, a, a different vehicle for Seven. Mm-hmm. To they get could to have. that. They could have. Um, it worked within the context of so far of what Picard was doing this season. Yeah, it was the overall theme of the show, but yes. still. Yeah. Um, for Ralphie, it was just her being manipulative, addressing her addiction issues, and and trying to be a good person, if you will. Not being so much a dick, an asshole, and thinking of fully thinking of others before herself. Um. For Girardi, it was like solving her loneliness issue and finding um, a purpose, if you will. But it, it, it did at the cost of other characters. Like Eleanor wasn't really in this season at all. To be um, fair, we didn't. Yeah. But what, how would they have disguised his appearance? He could have put a do-rag on. He could no. have I, yeah, see, you beat me to it. You beat <laughs> no. me to it. He has long hair. We're not going to see him in the long hair. Look, have you not seen some of these kids? These kids are wearing hippie hippie clothes again. They're doing the hippie look. They're doing the long hair. He could have had a man bun that covered his ears. It would not have been that unusual. And he's in California, so people would not have looked twice at him. Okay, fair point. Uh, (laughs) You put some some earrings on him, and they're like, oh, cool, cool body mod, dude. I live in Florida. And moved on. I don't. I I live in Florida. I, I got enough. 
weirdo stuff to deal with. I don't, I don't, you know, California weird is a different type of weird. It is a different type of weird, dude. It is. He would not have been out of place. Now, he could have been picked up by ISIS. And him and Rio's being picked up by ISIS would have been a whole different story. That would have been a whole different butterfly effect. And I think that would have been fun. <laughs> because it would have been very fun. I think it would have been. I'm sorry. If ICE had picked up Elnor, that would have lasted about 2.5 seconds. I don't think Elnor would have done anything because Rafi would have said, hey, you you can't kill anybody here. I'm sorry. He'd have whooped all of their asses. He could have, but he would have been looking at Rios. Can I kick their asses? Can I kick their asses? He's like, no, you can't kick their asses here, dude. He's like, okay, 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 okay. When can I kick their asses? And then he can finally start kicking their asses, like at the bus or somewhere else. But that would have been one he, hell of a gag. Because, it would have been a hell of a gag. Because we all know that he could have walked away from this anytime he wanted. Yeah. He just be like, can I, can I, can I, please, sir, can I please kick some ass? But that's not what happened. They they got rid of that character. Um, I also think they could have had Soji on. They could have had Soji here. I, no. You know? No. no. Why? Because she's boring. You think she's boring? Oh God, yes, she's boring. Let her stay doing whatever she is doing with those Deltons and just go. We don't. Soji was the is absolutely dull. I would have preferred Dodge, but she got blowed up because mm-hmm. because she she wasn't designed to have a personality. She she's a she's a MacGuffin. Yes, and that's very sad for Issa's very as an actress. She's a MacGuffin twice. And I guess if the rumors are true, she's not going to be in season three. She's not no, going to be a not. MacGuffin for a third time. Nope. She's gone. Allison yeah. Pearl's gone. Yeah. Uh, Santiago Cabrera's gone. Yes. Will Wheaton's gone. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who else. I think I have it in an article here. Uh, maybe. Yes, right here. Let me pull it up. Um, uh, uh, Eleanor's actor. He's gone. Yes. So are they keeping um, Rafi in seven? Yep. They're keeping okay. Rafi in seven. Yes. Which makes sense because uh we're getting, I guess you can say, um a Captain Seven. Which is good. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah, Jerry Ryan and Michelle Hurd are the only two characters that are coming back. Even Orla Brady, who plays Lars slash Talon, um, is not coming back. Well, you but, know, like the slate clean for the old heads. I guess. No, they don't. It's stupid. Um, I think it's stupid that they did. I think that it would have been possible, for, I, but I don't know what the storyline is for season three. Which kind of gives us to the whole ending of it all, if you will. Um, I guess we got to talk about Talon dying, which I felt was unnecessary and didn't quite make sense to me personally. Um, because she's supposed to be a Romulan. So how is she dying from a poison that's made for a human? Vibes. Vibes. <laughs> Vibes. <laughs> I, don't ask questions. <laughs> I enjoyed the ride. <laughs> vibes. The vibes of her death. Um, I did like how she like 
pushback about Picard because whole the whole thing about Picard was he's like a you know he's got to put his cape on he's got to save people and she's like bitch I don't need your help I've been doing this longer than you I don't need you to rescue me you can go over there I appreciate that because he needed that pushback um I don't think he got enough of that in his career to maybe that might have corrected some of the inner turmoil of him. But I guess she had to die in his arms for him to order to get over his trauma, which is a Star Trek. Come on now. We're frigging women. I mean. Also to to, to light a fire on his ass to go home and and get the smooching. I guess the smooching, but he was potentially not going home because his ship is gone. So how was he going to go home? They were resigned to the fact that they were going to be there at allegedly at the cusp of the really, really bad times on earth. Um, I guess they could have, I don't know, hitched a ride from their new home girl, Guinan. It's like, no, Hey, do you guys they read the script. They know they were. They knew they were going home. But you know, Q does show up. He has some very. It was a very nice scene. It was a very nice scene between Patrick Stewart and Johnny DeLance about how Q saying he was dying. The lesson was that Picard was willing to accept when he put that skeleton key that he found during the battle between Adam Song's Borg and the Borg Queen's men that. Um, you know, hey, you're going to, your mother's going to die. So you're willing to accept that. You put the key there so the, those events can happen and he can accept to being who he was. And because you're my favorite, I did all of this. I created this murder universe and put you under this stress so you can realize this lesson. <sighs> Worst dad ever. <laughs> like, this is the lesson I'm supposed to learn. I don't want it. Exactly. That's my thought. I have it in my notes. I don't want to be God's favorite. But he did say. So again, I like I said, I I I did not want to do this. You guys have turned me into this. But how is this any different than the finale of the uh, of the next generation? It ain't. Now that I think about it, it ain't. The only difference is is a little the um, all good things is a little bit more concise. Yes. I mean, he made it so Picard unraveled the 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 ingredients of life on Earth. Yes, to show him to show him that exploring space isn't just about charting planets. Mm-hmm. I think the consensus here is that Q is a dick, and he is, <laughs> and it's a good thing that he's dead, so we can't break anything else. We're gonna get into that whole death thing, but I guess we were right about. Potentially with Rio staying behind, which he chose to do. He's like, he wasn't going to go get snapped um, by Q uh, back home. He was going to stay with Dr. Teresa that we find out later towards the end that he lived, I guess, a life and he died smoking cigars in Morocco. But him and Teresa did form that Mariposa medical organization. They did a lot of good. But I guess his kid was important. That kid, the annoying little kid, was actually an important person. Mm-hmm. And he was there to raise that important person who would go on to help fix the damage that's caused by 
this weird period of time of darkness, if you will. The dark ages. The dark times. When the Empire was here. Hmm. Which is weird, because I I don't know. The kid didn't strike me as smart, but okay. Which sort of unravels what Q was saying in the first place, because it all of this did have a cosmic significance. It wasn't just because he loved Picard. Mm-hmm. Like, there was some actual shit that got fixed. There was some actual shit that got fixed. And he said, like, you know, the only difference was, like, uh, Tanya was always going to die, but she met Brene. And so that character had a bit of a closure of watching this person who she sheltered and protected her entire existence and saying, you know, in, a, in her own weird way that she loved this person and you're going to be great and you're going to do these things and it's okay. And then she died because she got poisoned by this Bond villain. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it would have been nice if Tanya turned out to be Lars. Okay. They could have done that, especially since they introduced the traveler. Timey wimey stuff. Okay. But now she had to die in Picard's arms. I'm just upset by that. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm going to be mad. Um, This was a beautiful miss. It was, but there was some kind of consistency. So, for example, we know from Voyager, from the Civil War that Qs have, when they die, they do cause cosmetic, their their death has a cos, cos, cosmic impact. Like, supernovas occur. The, the universe is reflective upon their death because I guess Qs have so much energy, they affect time and space. So the event that caused the whole thing when Q snaps his fingers and brings back Seven, Ralphie, Picard. That's it, right? Because Rio stays behind. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and brings Elnor back alive. And he brings Elnor back alive because Rio stay back for some trim. Um, <laughs> 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 look, Someone had someone from the Traveler program or from the future had better mind warped his brain to where he cannot think of future events. Because how can you be in that time frame and not want to stop have a nuclear holocaust? Have you seen Teresa? Huh? Have you seen Teresa? I understand <laughs> that. But if you know bombs are going to drop and 30% of the population, did they not cover that basic concept in school? She tell me to but, Okay, but here's a larger issue. What can he do? I don't know. Uh, I see. Okay, so I did this one time when someone said, "If you would, if you could travel back in time, would you kill, you know, baby Hitler?" Right? And I said no. And people look at me all weird. That's like no. What I would do is I would get baby Hitler and baby Hitler's mama, and I would like get them out of their situation. I would put them in a I don't know a different country, different city. Get them good jobs, good education, pay for their expenses. So baby Hitler does not grow up to be baby Hitler. He's out of the food he needs. He has a good environment. He's not in an abusive place. Maybe he comes out, you know, doesn't go off to World War One or whatever. He doesn't get traumatized. Maybe he goes into that school he wanted to go into and comes out a decent person. And we don't have the Hitler we know. I, I would try to see if he get raised to be a good person. Except okay? for the, yes. the, 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 uh, the episode that, that, that popular popularized that question i think it was uh-huh. tales of the dark side yes they actually did kill 
baby Hitler, and uh-huh. then the Hitler family just snatched another baby and they made off. So it's like, you, you know, we get into the whole like paradox of time thing. There's a whole paradox of time thing, but we weren't talking about the paradox of time. It was about actually killing a baby. It's like, I wasn't going to actually kill a baby. Maybe Rios can do that. He's there snatching people because they're, they're babies at this point, you know, uh, or young people. I mean, like steer them right as Captain Rios and, and be a good person and educate them and, you know, create a freaking X Academy or something. All right. I don't know what he could have done. And then uh, the other question, yes. again, we're going down the rabbit hole here, <laughs> yes, we are. but like how much, how much, how much data do they, does the, the Federation actually have that they're certain about for how well, be- all of this went down? Because, you know, nuclear holocaust, because of the period of time of warfare beforehand, and we know how collapses of society occur, if there's not a spot in the world that might have that information on hand, you can lose a lot of stuff. We lost a lot of history and documents during World War II because everything got blew up. Same thing with China, Korea, and, and those different parts of the regions where there's art history and books that uh, information is lost because that information was destroyed. Yeah. And like records- a lot of scientific research was destroyed yes. by the Nazis. Yes. Um, but a that, lot of that- it had to be recreated from patches of different documents or whatever people may have survived. But if people weren't surviving and you don't have those patches of documents. You also have to think that things are digital and not kept on paper and might not be archived and what is considered to be of value and who's doing the archiving a lot of stuff can be lost. And so there right. could so, be a lot of confusion. Yeah. So again, that, that comes to my point. Like, what could he do? Like, how much knowledge do they actually have? Even if it's about one name, I'll be hunting that goddamn person now. We know one name that's been consistent. Colonel Green. Find that mofo. Okay? Because he's an evil person. He was all the eugenics things or whatever. You know, he wanted to kill people that were radiation poisoned because he didn't want radiation babies. You know, we know that from Enterprise. He's, he was on that wave. And that was after World War Three, after the bombs dropped. Yeah, see, I, and I'll admit, Enterprise is the one Star Trek show that I have not watched. I, I started. I just started. Okay. I but he was started. also in, in Star Trek TOS, where I think one of the episodes, there was like Abraham Lincoln, Colonel Green. Uh, Zephyr Conqueror and some other historical figure on this weird planet and, and Kirk and, and Spock and then met him. Well, you'd have that one day. I would find that person. And it's either you you change that person or you kill that person. Maybe that will save some lives. I don't know. I was screaming from the top of the hills. I'll be the crazy person with the radio station and the, the weird YouTube channel telling everybody what's about to happen. I don't know. But I feel that there is a, a moral a obligation weirdo. that you have to try to do something. And so I feel very weird by the fact that he's there and he just, oh, love, raise kids. It's a small good stuff. I don't know. I mean, he did do something like he he they did treat people all across the world and start mm-hmm. a medical, you know, a medical I, I movement. OK, OK, that's okay. that's probably about as good as you can get. Mm-hmm. Not just any, any, any of the symptomatic infrastructural issues are causing for you to have that movement. Okay. 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 I, I don't know. Teresa gave him something to shut up. That's, that's, okay. that's it. That's it. 
but it's it's a vibe. This all far-reaching uh, butterfly thing. Now that's he just got it good. He was like, I'm not gonna say a word. I'm gonna keep going with what I'm getting. Uh, he did it. He did it. Steve Rogers, and and in Steve Rogers' defense, in Steve Rogers' defense, I would have done the same thing. There's a whole lot I would turn a blind eye to. But that's not true. With Haley Atwell in my house, that's not true. <laughs> The writers think Steve Rogers didn't do damn shit. The director said nope. He was in a different I, branch, of, branch of the timeline. He was one of those branches and he just hopped over just like in Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the I, rest of them and, and hopped back in. That's what happened. Just like we saw with Loki. There's branches and he just hopped back into this primary one. That's what he did. All I'm saying <laughs> is that I understand. Uh-uh. There, no, I'm sorry. There's nothing that good that would have me overlook absolute evil. I would we, like to be proven wrong on that. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can do this. We can be assholes on a podcast. <laughs> um, but so the we get back to to the stargazer. There's no Rios. There's no Doctor Gerardi because Doctor Gerardi is already on the ship as the Borg Queen. Picard ends the um, self-destruct sequence. He gets all the rest of the, the Stargazer crew to calm down. He addresses Gerardi, who's, who's there for a galactic importance because she shows um, Ralphie, who got beamed over by Q, she's no longer on the Excelsior, that uh, there's this big rip in the universe and all this energy is going to explode and it can potentially kill billions of people. Do you think that's Q's death? Is that the marker of his death or is that a separate thing? Could be. You know, if, you, if, if, if when a Q dies, that there is some sort of a cosmic cataclysm that happens, then mm-hmm. yeah, that, that, would, that would make perfect sense. The asshole did one last thing to fuck everybody over and now it's just a <laughs> But he wanted to make sure Picard was there to make sure that yeah. nothing bad would happen. Yeah. So they, so uh, Borgati or Gerard Org, however you want to portmanteau that, uh, decides to assimilate every ship in Starfleet that was there and turn into a giant shield and shield the supernova, whatever the fuck. And then it turns into a transwarp wormhole because science. And the the Girardi Borg and her very interestingly designed ship are going to stand watch over the wormhole and and do stuff. Be the guardians of the gate. Yeah, yeah. they are Heimdall. They see all and won't let anybody in. Yeah, well, they're the new prophets. They're the Borg prophets. There we go. Where's Cisco? Bring him back. I'm not gonna lie, that was pretty freaking cool, though. It was, and and and, and I'm being a dick about it, but yeah, it was very cool. Mm-hmm. It was very cool. Um, I'm just wondering what the threat could be. Could it be Borg, or could it be those synthetic the the, the Reapers? The Reapers, yes. <laughs> and I say that with all respect because I think it's pretty freaking cool that. I've said this before that's that Star Trek and Mass Effect are talk, are basically talking to each other at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could be the threat for season three, which I'll be fine with. 
Mm-hmm. I, I, and I think that that's what we're going to, what it's going to be. You know, so, you always come back to, you always come back to where you started. Mm-hmm. And on the, on the Stargazer, um, Picard ordered Seven to take over the Stargazer because Rios is not there. And so she's now, is she Captain Seven or Captain Hansen? I don't know. But I think that was a very cool moment. Uh, she did take command of the Stargazer, was able to organize the fleet, get everyone on board. She basically said, hey, you over there, <laughs> tell them not to blow us up and then let's get in line. And um, I think that's a cool moment. I hope they carry that through. I hope she actually gets to be a captain. I don't know how that's going to go down because there were reasons why she wasn't in Starfleet. And I don't understand how people don't get that concept. Mm-hmm. Because they go, they keep shouting, each up, each up. And I'm like, ah, you're so white. <laughs> you can, I can smell your privilege from here. Sometimes some people are not given the luxury of being part of something just because someone else is. Because they, they are too dark too authentic, have an accent, look a certain way. They're too much of something. They're too other for other people to accept the, the main privileged people to accept. And therefore they, they're not in it. It's a very basic, simple concept that a majority of people have an understanding of if they don't have any privilege, I guess. But I would like to see her. I would like to see her in season three. I know it's very weird that we're using a white woman to address that issue, but if they thread the needle right, I think it would be something that needs to kind of be addressed in Star Trek because it's, it is an issue that is happening in society. What in this, in the two seasons of Star Trek Picard makes you think that they're going to get it right in season three? No, Did they get the writers never. from Discovery? Maybe. Did they get the writers from Strange New Worlds? Absolutely. <laughs> this batch of nitwits, I... I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. Why you really feel. <laughs> I, hold on. Who, who are the writers in Star Trek Picard? Because there are a couple of them I do like. Tweedle Dumb and Tweedle Dumber. Oh, come on now. We can't be... And, you know, and again, uh, I know it sounds like I'm being snarky, and I am, but the series, I feel, the series had a great deal of potential, and they just said "whoops" and tripped over themselves because they have the pacing ideas of a fruit fly. Okay, so the majority of the writing has been done by the showrunners, which are Kristen Bear, Michael Chabon, Akeem Goldsman, Alex Kurtzman are the main showwriters. Um, and then you have Terry Matlas for this season was only three episodes. Um, Christopher Motif for three. Christopher B. Derek for 10. Is that for season two or season one? Um, so I guess you can blame the showrunners for this, really. Just looking at the show credits. It seems like... They were the primary writers. Like Michael Chabon is still a writer for 
it has series writing credits for Star Trek season one and two. Um, even though my understanding, he was not producing this season. Or maybe not as hands-on, if you will. So I guess those are the primary people. And my understanding is they are all white. The f- Christian Bears, Michael Chabon, Aki Goldsman, and Alex Kurtzman. <laughs> and Terry Battles is also a white man. Um, I believe Christopher B. Derrick is a black man. I believe so. Not positive. Oh, I'll give Terry Madeline's credit. He was actually in Star Trek. Was he? <laughs> hmm He wrote the stories for season three of Enterprise's Impulse and Stratagem. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks like he did some acting in the show as well. Okay. Well, I know him from 12 Monkeys. I think that's where most people know him, know him from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I, I hope for a better season three. Because um, otherwise, it's just going to be roast central all season. Because I will roast the house. Um, I don't know if there's anything else. Oh, okay. So after they harmonize the shields and end the galactic threat, and there is a new spatial gateway that the Gerardi Borg Queen is going to be the gatekeeper of. Everybody comes back home. They go kick it up at the 10. Nice little kickback after time traveling, going to a murderverse, coming back, dying, all that, all that jazz, jazz hands. And Picard meets up with Guinan. She's like, yeah, I couldn't really tell you anything. You kind of had to figure it out on your own, which I also think is a bit of an asshole move, personally. I personally think that's a little tiny asshole because unlike yesterday Enterprise where she really didn't know because she didn't know who Tasha Yar was. She just knew the universe was wrong. She knew this time around. Okay. She could have told Picard, look, man, you came and showed up this one time and you said something about a murder verse. I think you should know about this. <laughs> um, Q might be like fucking with you sometime. You should you know, put it in the back of your head and remember that. No. Um, I guess she also was friends with, uh, Christopher Rios and Teresa for a very long time. Um, and then he goes, Picard goes back and he goes back and meets up with Laris cause she hadn't quite left yet. And I guess they're going to snuggle buggle. I don't know. I would have left him personally. <laughs> I would not have been there. Listen, Picard's an android now, so he's a vibrator. So, <laughs> for shame, sir. For shame. Oh, I'm shit. so done with all of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, the, that is the ending of the series. There's no hint for what potentially could be season three, other than the teaser trailer that we got. But that's how it ended. It ended with him being with Loras and his mom's old um, make-believe room that he had as a child that she helped rebuild 
as a parting gift for him. That's very nice for her, of her to do so for him. I, I still would have left him. I guess she still leaves him because she's not back for season three. Um, but yeah, that's how the show ended. It's, it had very nice moments, very emotional moments. But overall, it, I would give it a, what are they doing here? I'll give it a C if I were to grade it. That's, that seems about right. A solid C. A solid C. Like you, if he did the draft over, maybe you could have gotten like a B plus, A minus. But yeah, it's a C. They landed the plane. There's a whole lot of vibes. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of vibes. Yeah, I... I- I had no expectations by the time we get when you get to the last episode and you don't know how this is going to end. You, this was my whole thing for the last season of Game of Thrones. They had no idea how to land the plane. Why are y'all upset? Y'all knew that going in. <laughs> Look, what happened with Game of Thrones is something that if if you paid attention in school. And you had to do a group project and you had like all the kids going off of the smart kid stuff. And then you pull that smart kid out of that group and the group had to do the project by themselves. That's what the last three seasons of Game of Thrones was. Okay. If the, if the smart kid was so smart, why didn't you finish the project? I'll take you know because I ain't watched it. You can't rush art, okay? Bullshit. <laughs> He's doing everything but writing them damn books. Look, man, it took him a long time to write those books in the first place. Maybe they should have waited till he died, like they did with Wheel of Time, and when those the series was done, and then done the show, okay? Man, he, he he was he was working on a video game. He's got another deal for another show. This okay, man look, is doing look, everything look, but writing books. Look, that apparently that video game is Flames. Yes, you're right. That's what I've heard. <laughs> Apparently, this TV show, House of Dragon, already got renewed for season two. No, there's another show in addition to the prequel. Oh, the uh, the Native American show that he's been trying to get going for some time now. Uh, Wind, uh, Dark Wind, which looks like flames. Okay. Uh, our Native cast. Yes. Okay. And it's a but... very well-received uh, series. It's by Ton- Tony Holman, I believe is the writer. Okay, but you're missing the point here. <laughs> he is doing everything but finishing them goddamn books. <laughs> Look, man, he's living his best life. He's Which apparently only- <laughs> doesn't involve finishing what he started. <laughs> he's only got so many days. Okay. Um, you know. All I'm saying, I, I've never even read the books. I don't really care like that. I didn't really care okay, about the show. I, I made the mistake when the first season <laughs> came out. I read the, like the first book and I was like, I've been here before with fantasy stuff. The series is not over. I don't want it to taint my viewpoint. I'm not going to read any more books and I'll just watch the show. But then my younger brother, he's like, oh no, you got to read these books. These books are so awesome. And the next one, which is the one we've been waiting for, <laughs> for the past eight years, that's how long it's been. Uh, it's going to come out the next, next year. It's like, you know what? Allegedly. Allegedly. You know what? You know what? You I recommend books to him all the time. It's the one that got him to love books. It's like, you know what? You gave me something back. You're giving me something. I'll read it. And I love my brother. <laughs> but I wish he had not done so because oh, 
Those books are flames. Okay. They're, they're so awesome. But that show is trash. He ain't never going to finish the damn books. That's yeah, but that saying. show, you don't understand that show. It has so, such great potential. As soon as I realized they weren't doing as much magic, I was out. Like season three. I stopped watching. I only watched for like the big episodes. I had no intention of ever reading books. So mm -hmm. for me, it was just, I was just in it for the jokes. Uh -huh. So I got on Twitter and watched the episode and just watched everybody live stream with their jokes. That's, yes. That's, that's my level of investment. Yeah. But he ain't never going to finish in books. You know what? Even if it's three-fourths done, I still want it. Three-fourths done is not finished. <laughs> I don't care. I still want it. <laughs> I still want it. <sighs> it would be amazing if he <laughs> finished that book and then he goes. No, let me mention that. I'm very sad. Um, I don't know. He'll finish it. He'll finish it when he's ready. Okay? I want it to be actually be ready. I don't want it to be rushed. Okay? It's a very complicated story. How old he is wrote this himself man? In a, he wrote himself into a, a, a bit of a hole, okay? He is 73. Yeah, man, I'm sitting here doing the Judge Judy or tapping the watch, man. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> he did not. Now that he's doing it, he is a <laughs> I think he did an update about stuff. That dude, gonna be, that dude is going to be 100 by the time the last book comes out. Hey, we got the technology now. <laughs> he can live to 100. There's people living to like 120. He can do it. <laughs> Not a blog yet. Uh, yes, indeed. Okay, so. Uh, yeah, thank. Yeah, Dark Wind was that. Dark Wind is a TV series. Wind of Winters is going to be a big book. The way it's going, it can be bigger than a storm of, of swords and a dance of dragons, the longest book in the series to date. I do usually cut and trim once I finish, but I need to finish first. <laughs> so that's the update. You, see, 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 see? <laughs> what you read was everything I said <laughs> in a lot brief, <laughs> lot briefer amount of time. <laughs> He's not finished. He's never going to finish. <laughs> yeah, y'all George R. R. Martin. I'm looking up something else. Y'all good. Keep going. Um All right. So <laughs> So that's it. That's our review of season two of Picard. Quote unquote uh, review. <laughs> We give it a C. Uh, we'll be back here for season three because look, they got us with the new with the TNG cast, and I'm a completist. I need to I need to see the end of this. Um, for this particular series, I want to see the end of it. Um, just like I, I just have a question. I'm gonna watch yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I'm not done with the show. I think uh, I I'm crossing my fingers and hoping for the best. I know they film things back to back. I think they pretty much have the same writer's room. We'll see. We'll see how things go. We'll see how things go. Um, I kind of wish they would just drop it now, but I guess we're doing this whole Star Trek for every year round kind of a deal. So, Which I love. 
we got to yes. get through Strange New Worlds, and then we got to get through Lower Decks, and then we got to get through Pro- Prodigy, then we got to get through Discovery. We'll see the season three of Picard next year. Next, if there is a next year, <laughs> the way things are going. They definitely won't finish those books. <laughs> All right. New Worlds. Uh, all right, y'all. We're done here. We 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 are. We will be back for our review of Strange New Worlds. Not your great Star Trek, or not your great white Star Trek, as we're going to title that episode. But we're doing the first two episodes of our review of that particular show. Uh, thank you for joining us, and have a, have a great day. Bye.